podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and up the toffees. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Jamie and tonight I'm joined by Paul, Andy and Jay. How are we, lads? How are you, Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, good. good, Andy? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Dave. Good, good, good. Um, we're actually bringing you the reaction pod of when Everton have won a football match away from home with scoring three goals and on Sky Sports as well, by the way. And for people listening, no, I haven't just watched Howard Way. That is That did actually just happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just want to touch on a few things of the game, players, tactics, manager. I think it, it all needs covering because it was a brilliant controlled performance. But the first question I want to ask you is, Paul, I'll come to you first, is what was your feeling about the game? What was your feeling towards the lads when the final whistle went? Uh, I thought it was made up, mate. I, thought, I was proud of them all. I thought it was a complete performance, to be honest with you. I thought from start to finish. And for once, I mean... If you're in our group chat, I look like I was panicking. But I didn't really... Once we scored that third goal, I felt we've won. And, and that's, that's a very dangerous thing to think as an Evertonian that as well, by the way. But I remember thinking, we've actually won this year. And we look really comfortable doing it. Yeah. I mean, we thought Brighton was great, but I think that was a... I, Andy put a thing in the group chat yesterday. I agree with him. It's a, that's a more of a complete performance, that, for me. I mean, as you, as you said, I think uh, Brighton had a lot of chances in that game, didn't he? Pickford got his hard yeah. this year a few times, but I thought yesterday was probably the best performance under Sean Dyche, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it, it's you know it's hard to argue with that, mate. Considering you look at it as a whole, but Andy, again for you, mate, what was your sort of feeling? As Paul said, pride. He used that word, and I think that's the word we were looking for in the last pod. Is that something that you felt, or was there you know just relief to get over the line? Yeah, it was. It was a bit of everything. I mean, I think. I think when the third goal went in, like the noises that came out of me were quite strange. To be fair, because it wasn't just normal <laughs> celebration; it was it was just like a yeah. And I think I kind of like got the relief phase out there, and I was like, you know, like Paul said, I felt the game was like one then, and I was able to enjoy like the last you know twenty minutes of the game, and then when full time came, I was just I was just happy, um, like. I didn't see that performance coming at all. I mean, let's have it right. I'm I'm not going to go on too much about Brentford. Brentford were off it by their standards, absolutely. But I think I think because we started the first half and the second half with such intensity, I think we we put them off it straight away, and then mm-hmm. you know, and then we kept our foot on their throat pretty much for for the whole game. You know, obviously they've scored they've scored that goal. There was a scramble not long after we'd made it two one. But other than that. It was all the good play, all the quality chances was was from Everton. Um, so yeah, there was some special performances yesterday. I'm just uh, I'm just made up for the for the fans. Like we all needed that yesterday, and uh, I'm glad we got it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll touch on a few of the players uh, in a bit, but Jake, I think you only come when we win. Is that right to say? <laughs> Seems no, about right. I- yeah, obviously you live on the other side of the world, so it's a lot harder for you to. Uh, that sounded to very wrong. Nothing. That sounded very, very, <laughs> wrong, <nothing>. very <laughs> wrong. Very wrong. Which, 
Nothing. Move on. So we no I was just saying there, Jake, you only get on when like you can basically with the time yeah. difference. Um so it's obviously nice to have you on and it's a nice pod to come on to me, really. But I just want to get your view. I want to get your your initial feeling of you know, maybe when that third goal goes in, did you think the same as Paul or this is done or were you a bit like me counting down the seconds? Uh, I was still, I was still a bit like, I was still a bit nervous. I was like, if if anything can can fuck this up, it's Everton in it. So, I was still, uh, I was still nervous, and I did think there was a chance we might even need one more. But they, uh, I thought, as as uh, as Andy said, it's it's I can be the most complete Everton performance I can remember in a couple of years, in a, in a decent in a decent while. So. While I was nervous, it was also never really indulged. I think uh, we had we knocked Brentford off their game. They weren't expecting that. I think they were expecting us more to sit back and not come at them as much as we did, and it, it threw them off. And like credit to Brentford, they're a, they're a very good team normally. Yesterday they went, and it worked out for Everton's Everton's favour. But yeah, I, I was. I, I think with this team, you can never not be nervous, really, can you? Not as ever sure fire when it comes to Everton. So, but at the end of the day, lads pulled it out the bag. We came back with the three points, and that's all that really matters. No, I'll tell you honest, what, Jamie. I tell you what, mate. I was that confident, which is not like me, because you know me, I'm not. That I actually left our house because I was going on a night out on 87 minutes. What? I thought, oh, I'll start making my way out now. That's how confident I was. So I missed. The last three minutes plus the six minutes added on time because I knew we'd won, and that's not like me. That's Granted, I had had a few pints, but <laughs> it's just you know that's that's just how, how I felt. How did you feel after the game? Did you be uh, pleased, proud? What were you just relieved? What? What? How did you yeah. feel? Proud, yeah. You know, to be honest, it's a bit a bit mad because you know when you're on Sky, you're always a bit worried that you're gonna you know the country's watching you, isn't it? You don't want to. You want to make a good account of yourself, no matter what. But especially when you're on Sky, you want to make sure that other teams are watching. Going, no, oh, there's something wrong. Everton have got something about me, um, which I think we did that as well. And especially from you know, obviously from last week, we needed to see a reaction. And I think then players give us that reaction, which then, as Andy said before, it puts us up for it. As soon as we see that, we we can go for it then and go right. Well, these are up for it, so are we. Yeah, no, I just I love the narrative on uh, Sky from Alan Smith that it was more that Brentford were off it more than Everton were on it. That's always I don't know if anybody else picked up on that. It was sort of like, well, Brentford are just having an off day here. Obviously because they're playing against Everton, but just thought we nullified them from the very first whistle. We didn't allow them to do anything. Even their goal was completely against the runner play, wasn't it? It was just yeah. out of the blue. And that's that's when I said to you using the group chat, I went just one attack, one goal, unbelievable. I just thought we're cursed. For a minute, I just thought we're cursed here, and then, but we sorted ourselves out. Our edge could have went there, but yeah, no, we're complete performance, like the lads have just said. It was, and I just want to move on to that weird complete performance. I, was, I can't remember the last time we've dominated the game, and I don't care if Brentford were off it. I honestly don't care. You know, we we've took the game to Brentford and absolutely put them on the back foot. You know, I think at one point he went to a back three and he was just trying everything to get to Everton, and he couldn't. Um, but I'm look, we're looking on Everton here, and I just think it was so controlled from minute one to minute ninety. Andy, I I just want to come to you for this. Would 
is that down to a reaction or is that something that we've sort of been waiting to see in Sean Dice? Do you think that's because like of Arsenal or this has just happened anyway? I think it's a difficult one really, isn't it? Because we, we have seen, we saw moments last season under Dice where we did play some, you know, some good attacking football as well. As we said on the pod the other day against Arsenal in his first game, we had more shots in the first half against Arsenal than any other team had had in the Premier League that season up until that point. Um, so we can set them up to go and play play that way. But I just thought um, I just thought having a fully fit McNeil, I think he's a player who Dice really trusts to go and carry out his instructions. Um, and I, I, they just looked like they knew what they were doing all over the pitch. Um, the free role that he kind of gave McNeil and Garner, as we were saying just before we started the pod, out of possession. Those two lads really made good use of it. Garner stepping into tackles. His assist for Calvert-Lewin's goal was just absolutely sublime. But McNeil, the way he held onto the ball at times as well, he was, wasn't afraid to get it with three or four people around him, keep it, give it simple uh, and get us up the pitch. Um, and I just think I just think as a whole team, because of how well they did keep the ball, and as much, you know, I thought Beto ran and ragged as well. Um, yeah. He didn't get his goal, but I think... I think what he did for the team in terms of holding on to the ball, bringing others into the play and getting us up the pitch was was a huge, huge difference and why we were able to, you know, obviously Brentford aren't Arsenal, but I think that was a big reason why we were able to, to play play much better and, um, and and play as well as we did and get the result. He softened yeah. them up, didn't he, Beto? He, he softened them up, didn't he? I mean, they were worried about him all game. He even threw that iron on. That was a purely tactical thing because the centre-halves just couldn't deal with him. But then he took him off, obviously he was tired, and then Calvert-Lewin just carried it on straight away from Beto. And it was just, their centre-halves had a terrible time with us yesterday, especially in the air. He, I don't I don't think they've won a single header. No, no, no he, he, was, he was he was immense. Pair of them I'll pass him with Beto as well, won't he? We could actually pass the blue shirts. It's like they, you could see that they'd probably been doing drills all week, which they should be doing anyway, but... It just seemed a lot, a lot better yesterday. So maybe they have had the fear of God struck into them from the manager and the coaching staff after that Arsenal game because the way we give the ball away in that game, sorry to be negative, was unacceptable. Yeah. So they've obviously recognised that, haven't they? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But Jake, is that... I think, Paul, you said it before, actually, but it, it, is that the most controlled, dominant Everton performance you've seen under Sean Dyche? I'd say so, yeah. I think it's we 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 look calm, like we didn't sort of. There's been other games in the past where we've got that one nil lead and then we panicked. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we've got to do everything we can to defend this, and we've sat back, and that's come to back to bite us in the ass. But I think they looked composed and listen. We've all we've all had our um, doubts this season about the defensive capabilities <clears throat> that we've possessed. We looked we've looked soft at the back. Looked easy to get at, and I don't think that was there yesterday. I think everyone sort of stood up and was counted and was like they did their job. And I think at the end, uh, not was there was I don't remember Pickford having to make a save really where he had to sort of do more than he need, like shall we say, an exceptional save, like one where he had to go at full stretch to keep anything out or anything like that. So yeah. That's a credit to the defense, and that's obviously a credit to the the midfield, which we, which we've also had. We've we've much maligned this season because of the lack of passing and the lack of imposition on games. 
But yeah, I I think you're right. I think that would be. I'd argue even say it's probably the best performance we've had under Sean Dyche. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the scoreline says it, doesn't it? The stats say it. 18 shots, six on target. I mean, I can't remember an Everton performance. Possibly, obviously, people go, well, the Brighton game, we scored five. Yeah, we did. But I don't think it was the dominance of that. As you know, Paul, again, you said before, Brighton had chances. I think I'm still waiting for Brighton to score. Um, yeah. So. It could have easily you know, been it, like five all that game, couldn't it? Yeah. It could have. They had that yeah. many chances, like. Of course, and I think even, you know, you'd say when Mike McNeil scored that fifth goal, you didn't get up and walk out like you did last night. So no. I think, you know, it's more, it was a more of a dominant performance yesterday. Uh, I just want to stay with you, Paul, and ask you this question, because it's straight away what I thought. Is that the standard now? Got to be, hasn't it, mate? Has to be the standard now going forward. I mean, we can actually look at these next set of fixtures coming up next week with Villa away, Luton at home, Bournemouth at home. We actually look forward to it now. I mean, I was dreading going yeah. to the match on when I'm going to the match Wednesday. And I was like, Jesus, you've not mentioned it, Paul. No, I've just uh, <laughs> I never do. I, I never uh, talk about going to the match. I just, you know, it's cool and casual, aren't I? But uh, yeah, no, I'm actually looking forward to it. But yet, yeah, that is the standard to answer your question. That's got to be the standard now. That is the way we kept the ball, the way we won the ball back, the way we attacked. Fullbacks got involved. Um, yeah, definitely. Special mention for Ashley Young, by the way. I thought mm-hmm. he was a little bit dodgy. He got a booking in the first 30 seconds and I thought, yeah. oh no. But he, he recovered really well and I think he's our right back. I mean, say, oh, it's only one game and stuff. And he took him off the set pieces, so it was no coincidence, was it? And that we scored from one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he put McNeil on it and he's, he was a lot better. So obviously Ashley Young is experienced enough to say, listen, lads, I'm fucking blowing out my arse here with these three kicks. Someone yeah. has to take them. But I thought he had a good game. A lot of people haven't mentioned him, but to be on a booking after the first minute, he recovered really well for me. Like, yeah, and he, again, especially against that wizard as well. He's quite quick, that lad. And you know, if wizard gets his, his opponent a yellow card quite early, he'd rub his hands together. So I think he has. He, he probably used his experience in there. You know, if, yeah. if anyone was going to get a yellow card at that point, it would be him because he can go right. Well, I know what to do now. I know I can't dive in. I know I can't do silly things. Also, um, Jay. I mean, to, sorry, I'm not not to steal off the other lads, but it's just. You said you talk about the standard. That's all I want from an Everton team. People have come up, have coming at me today in DMs yeah. on Twitter and stuff. And you know, listen, maybe I deserve it. People saying, "Oh, do you still want Sean Dyche out and all that?" You you're going too soon. Maybe it did. Maybe I have. I still stick by that we were right what we were saying for the last few weeks. It wasn't good enough. So if you can keep putting performances in like that, then I'm more than happy to be proved wrong. I'll, I'll take as much egg on the face as you want to give me. I'm not bothered. Just got to keep it up now. Towards the end of uh, the last pod that we did, we all basically said that we want to be proven wrong. We, you know, we hadn't, we had nothing against Dice as a man, no. and you know, we wanted to be the guy who could turn it around because you know he probably will get a chance, and we can't think of anybody else. So, like, just because you you're worried about your football club doesn't mean you're not just as delighted when they do turn it around and put in a performance and a win like that. Yeah, that's. I think that's what people. Mix up, don't he? You sort of think that you're getting some sort of kick out of Everton losing because it gives you the chance to moan. Honestly, it's. I'd love to do podcasts like this every single week where we just win. Imagine if we were Man City fans, we'd be bored shitless, wouldn't we? No, we won again. <laughs> we just, we won again. It's just, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, yeah, more. Just keep it up now. And just, uh, I know we've still got 
stuff to talk about in a pod, but yeah, that is definitely the standard meet. Got to be. Yeah, of course it is. And they've said that now, so there's no excuse. I think, you know, you, you can't have you can't go back to type and go back to that Arsenal game because we've seen what you can do. Um Andy, I will sort of ask the same question to you, mate. Is you know, I know Paul has touched a lot on it there, but is, is there anything you want to add in the way of certain players and how they've performed and it's like, well, where's that been? Where's that standard? Keep that up. Yeah, I mean Mikolenko, he's put two back-to-back performances there where I think he's been excellent. And he was was also more of an attacking threat as well, I thought, yesterday. There was a few times where he made made quite a lot of uh, runs and and, and got beyond Dwight McNeil, who was coming inside. Um, So I think, you know, I think a lot of us, myself included, thought he's never going to be the answer. And I'm not saying that he is now, but... He's put together two very good games and, you know, I think that should be noticed. Um, I thought Dwight McNeil was, you know, you could tell last week he was a guy who hadn't played much football for two months, but I thought he was absolutely superb yesterday. His desire to win the ball back, desire to, you know, he was happy to keep the ball with three, four players around him in tight spaces. He held on to it. He used it really well. Um, I do think Ashley Young did um, really well. The only criticism I've got, because it's, would be from the goal that we scored. It came from, again, he cut out a ball and he had plenty of time on it and he's rushed his clearance instead of putting his foot on the ball. It's exactly what he did against Wolves and then Wolves ended up winning the second ball and going to score. So I'm not going to hammer for it because obviously we won the game, but I'd like to see him show a little bit more composure there. And it's just a shame because I, I thought I thought Garner Gay was brilliant yesterday, but two or three times he lost the ball in really bad places. Yeah. So I think it distracts from actually how well he played in all the other moments because people, you know, he's lost the ball a few times. They've created a couple of chances from it. But I thought his game management, how he, he kind of led the midfield, his positionally, he was faultless yesterday. Um, and he also, you know, he put in a couple of really good slide balls through for better. He probably should have done better with them as well. So, um, but yeah, uh, Brantway again, outstanding. Yeah, and I thought Tarkovsky, I know he obviously it's easy to say when he got his goal, but I thought his body language was just better yesterday. He looked at it. I don't know whether the boo from the crowd or whatever got him going again, but it looked like the Tarkovsky that we come to expect. So that's that's really encouraging as well. Yeah, I know, Paul, you wanted to have a little word on Drissigay, didn't you, just purely for the fact that, you know, we give the two balls away, but there's just something different in what he brings. Yeah, no, because I was having a conversation with... A couple of lads I went out last night who support Everton as well, and one of them was saying his legs have gone. I, I don't agree that his legs have gone. I just agree that he's a bit slow in mind. But if you think back five years when we had him last time, he, he was like that. He, he's always had that in his game where he thinks he's got more time on the ball or he plays a blind pass and gives the ball away. You know, if he cut that out of his game, and he's 30, what, three, four, whatever now, I don't think he's going to cut it out of his game now. I think he'd be the complete midfielder, apart from scoring goals, obviously. But yeah, I wish he'd I just, stop I, shooting. Yeah. I agree with Andy. Yeah, I, I thought he was brilliant yesterday, but apart from them, better teams will punish us in in yeah. that situation. Yeah. But I do, I don't, I don't know where this narrative's coming from that he's uh, his legs have gone and he, he, you know, he's getting on. I still think he's heavy. He covers every blade of grass for me. He does. He does. He's a, such an. I, me personally, I think he's a massive part of our team. I think um, without him, we sort of lose something. We lose that. 
you know, the odd little tackle he makes, or oh, there's a few tackles he makes, and he'll take it off the midfield, and we're instantly on the turn. As soon as he's won that ball, we're on the turn, we're, we're away. You can find the glory, you can bring other people into it. So, yeah, I agree with you, Paul. You know, I don't think his legs have gone. I just don't think there's many midfielders in the Premier League can do what the way he does. That's that, isn't it, mate? Uh, I sent you earlier on. Yeah, yeah. He, he, what, what was it? Something about Rodri, he's, uh, he's won so, the ball. We'll only address it, gay. Um, 30. This is 30 times. has won possession in the midfield third more times than Rodri, 29, in the Premier League this season. There you go. That's, the, the proof's in the pudding. That speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Actually, and, no, to... We were talking about, uh, let's be fair, we were talking about Rodri, who plays for the best team in the world as well, by the way. Who... Yeah. Guardiola called him the best midfielder in the world as well last week. Yeah, yeah, he's he's constantly the best holding midfield player in Europe at the moment. Oh, yeah. what he does, yeah, what he does, definitely. Exactly, and we've got a player that's sort of matching him for stats. I'm not getting carried away here saying, you know, yeah. there's a on the level of Rodri, but according to that stat, he is. So I think people sort of got to realise that. Yeah, yeah, he, he needs to help himself a little bit by just cutting out those. Yeah, he's those just, it's, it's it, a bit it, of a lazy mind. That's what it, I, I think. It's just a lazy mind, me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's just he's not technically the most gifted footballer, and you know as James said, he wasn't when he was here five or six years ago. It's not why Paris Saint Germain bought him either; they brought him in to be their spoiler. Um, but he just, yeah, he just needs to hopefully, like say one or two less of those, and people appreciate actually how good he is. But you know those errors do stand out. So touch he, really needs an- he needs another midfielder. Like, listen, I've just watched them before. He's brilliant. That James Madison. If you had someone like him next yeah. to him, you just win the ball, give it to him, and then you just you let him do his thing. Sort of like Prime Gomez when Gomez was really good for Everton before his uh, his leg went yeah. backwards. But then you know, he he just gave the ball to him, didn't he? And he just used to do, spray the ball around everywhere. It was a, it was a good little partnership, them two. I think that's how it worked, mate, so well and yeah. beautiful to see him go, weren't we? But uh Jake, I just wanted to get your thing on Sean Dice a little bit. I know you haven't been around for a while. Look, I think this is your first part this season, isn't it? Um, second, I think, but second, yeah. I just want to get you touch on Sean Dice. You take the, the game out of it last night. Um, what's your overall feeling of Sean Dice? And if that's what he can produce as a football manager, one is it giving him a bit more time that result? And you know, two is it down to the players or is that down to him? Uh, I think it's about 50 50. I think obviously he's been. He's been dealt a bit of a shitty hand. Like we, he hasn't always had the the best players at his disposal all the time. Uh, but it is it it is it's his job to get this team ready to win football games. It doesn't matter who we're playing. It's it's his job to try and go out there and win football games. It's a results based business. And people will say, obviously, we went we went too early and wanting Sean Dice out after after last week. But last week wasn't wasn't an Everton performance. That wasn't a, a performance we would expect from a Sean Dyche team. Uh, yesterday was uh, obviously I know you said take it out of it, but no, he yeah. obviously he proved he proved a lot a lot of uh, a lot of naysayers wrong yesterday because I don't think I think from minute one to minute ninety plus six I think he got his tactics spot on. He knew what he needed to do, and I, I think the the players actually looked like they had a direction. It looked like the they'd been drilled into what they were meant to do. And not to, they were told not to try anything fancy, not to try and waver from that. And the proofs in the pudding, and that we've come out, we've come out from a, a very, a very strong team at, at 
a team a lot of people praise in Brighton, eh, sorry, in Brentford, mm-hmm. and we've uh we've made them look look ordinary. I mean, obviously people go, oh, they had no, they didn't have any of their good players. They had that player who got injured in the warm up. Obviously, Ivan Tony's not there, but Neil Mopay, <laughs> Neil Mopay couldn't play. Obviously, we all we all know that, but that's not down to Everton, is it? That's Everton can only play who's put in front of them. And Gosh. yesterday, Everton, Everton made Brentford look pretty ordinary. And as as you said before, as Paul said, that's what I want from an Everton team. I just want I want heart and I want determination, yeah. and I want willingness to fight, to fight for the badge, to fight for the fans and. The fans, those travelling fans, deserve that. Yes, they listen. We we haven't had a we haven't had anything to hold on to all season because we've been frankly shit. And obviously, people say we should have beat Fulham, we should have beat Wolves. We didn't. At the end of the day, we can have all the chances in the world. You want the the only stat that matters is the scoreline. Yeah. And now now they've set that standard, Sean Dyche. It's up to Sean Dyche to make sure that it doesn't drop below that. No, talk about Ivan Tony not not even I know it's not Everton related. There's talk of him, him not even playing for them ever again, isn't it? They reckon that he's going to leave in January. January, yeah. Oh, Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, look at Chelsea got beat again today. They reckon they're front runners for him. Like, um, so there's a chance. But yeah, uh, Jamie, I wanted to ask you a question. Right. I know we were talking last night. You were talking about James Garner. I thought he was fantastic. I mean, what did you think about Sean Dyche playing him? And because when we first seen the team sheet, we thought he's going to play him out in the wing, but he had like a three role, didn't he? He just told him to do whatever he wanted to, and he. He looked great, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, I I got bitten. I got bit again because I actually uh, put James Garner in for the core, right? but we won't talk about that. But when he, um, when I, I dropped the core. Yeah, well, when we seen the team, I, I I thought, oh no, you know what, what's happening here? But as you say, he got a spot on Sean Dice. He's taking a lot of credit, and um, he's probably said to James Garner, "Don't stick out on the wing too much. Go inside, you know, help better, help get the ball off Anana, you know." find yourselves in them pockets and it and it was brilliant. And to be honest, it was something that we've needed for a while. Somebody will put his foot on the ball and turn. And as soon as he turns, he's facing their defence. He hasn't got his back to goal. He's he's literally facing their defence. So they start going backwards. And I think that happened last a couple of times yesterday. Um he, he was just immense for me. Even when he was winning the ball back against that Collins for the third goal, he, he just never stopped running. I know Decore gets a lot of uh, praise and he rightly so for his running but James Garner just seems to be like he's everywhere. So I think three of them on the pitch, yeah. Uh, and he's made himself undroppable right now after that performance. He really has. I think Dan Juma's probably looked at that and gone, "I've got some work here now to get back in this team," which is good. Which is good. Uh, and Harrison as well, obviously, to come back in. So, no, I think James. For me, James Garner was my man of the match. I will get yours in, in a bit. But in the league, aren't we, mate? Let's be honest. Let's let's all just be honest, right? I've now. already renewed my passport, mate. To be honest, I know, yeah, might as well, yeah, yeah. definitely in that yeah. uh, Champions League, bare minimum. I don't know the Champions League board, like <laughs> you know, league's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> I want that Conference League to play some mad Slovenian team. Yeah, that's that's way that, yeah. 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 and stuff like that. You know, that Azerbaijan or something. Yeah, in yeah. the middle of it's middle so of October. Like... It's so overrated going to Barcelona. You want to go to yeah, Barcelona? I don't want to go to San Siro. I want to go to some shit tip in Bulgaria. Don't do yeah, for me. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> no offence to any Bulgarian Evertonians, by the way. Sorry. There are some lovely parts of Bulgaria too. No, you know. no, no, no. Listen, my brother goes on holiday there all the time. It's supposed to be really nice. Like, sorry, Bulgarian. Bulgarian people. Sorry. You just got picked out of it. You just got picked yeah, out yeah, of it. Yeah, that's that all it was. Locked out of my brain. Yeah. That's all it was. Uh, but Andy... Um, 
Listen, I, I just want to take you back to half time yesterday. The game was one all. We'd had a few chances. I think Dyke said in his, his, his interview, it, it, it sort of felt. Did you feel like it was going, oh no, here we go again? I know we'd scored, and obviously the last doubles game that I'm referring to in the full game, we hadn't scored by then. Yeah. All oh, these chances have got away from us. Or were you a bit like, oh, there's goals in this for us and we're going to take them? Yeah, there was a little bit of, oh, here we go again. Especially, you know, you look at their goal, comes from absolutely nothing. If Pickford gets a stronger hand to it, it goes round the post. If he doesn't touch it at all, Tarkovsky clears it, but he just gets yeah. enough on it to divide those two options. And you, those little things, like when they're going against you, do you think, oh, here we fucking go again? But there was something different about that 45 minutes yesterday than I've not seen for a long, long time. You know, I've seen us play well under dice like you know you know well parts of the game where we look really good but we pretty much looked like as it turned out the whole game uh, we, we looked great but that first half there was something different about the way we looked our body language we looked to have the beating of them all over the pitch and it also looked like Brentford knew it as well they looked like yeah. they looked ragged um so I thought I was just hoping that we started the second half right um, and kind of, you know, put our foot back on their throat. And to be fair to the boys, they did that straight away. Um, yeah, it was really pleasing to see. Yeah, it, I, I, you're spot on, mate, and what you're saying. It was a little bit of a, like, a, oh, no, <laughs> we've often scored two, three that we needed. Um, it, it's just going to happen again. But, Jake, it, it didn't. And we took our chances when they come. Now, Tchaikovsky's header is something that we've been waiting for. We know we can do. And then obviously Calvin Lewin comes on. The game didn't look like it sort of changed in any way. He brought Calvin Lewin on. It was like, okay, it's just a number on the shirt. That's changed by the looks of it. And one's got longer and the other one hasn't. Um, and I just think us taking them chances now, do you think that's something it's, it's got to be going forward, isn't it? Having them two strikers that one that he can start with, he gets tired for 16 minutes, he runs the team ragged. And then bringing on someone of Calvin Lewin's quality for the last 30 minutes. As Paul said before, the defenders are probably looking at each other going, really? You know, yeah. that is is massive for Everton, isn't it, going forward, GK? It really is. It's what we've been crying out for, for forever. I mean, like, two big physical strikers. And they are both different strikers. But even though everyone will, will lump them together because they're both big, tall centre-forwards. But I do think they play a lot differently. I think Beto will probably do a lot more running than Calvert-Lewin. Bush came to show you could even arguably throw better a little bit out wide having running in. But it doesn't hurt to have options coming off the bench. It, ne- it never never does. And it, it gives it gives Sean Dyche a different kind of game plan as it, he can set it up against certain teams. So teams that are going to be a bit more physical, I could say maybe put Beto up there to, to knock the defenders around a little bit and <clears throat> put them off the game and them and then as as we did yesterday, bring Calvert Lewin on for the last half hour to just keep that intensity up. Or if teams are gonna try and make us play the ball, maybe he fancies Calvert Lewin more as a ball playing centre forward, mm-hmm. and he can play there. And then Beto comes in to just be physical for the last half hour and throw throw his body around a bit. And let's not forget Dan if if push came to shove, Dan Juma can also probably play centre forward if. If needs be, if you wanted something a little bit even more different than that, but 
it's it has got to be now we have got to start taking these the strikers we've we've addressed the problem now we've got to start taking our chances when they do come because we could have we we should arguably should have been three four up in the first half we did yeah. fluff fluff our lines a couple a little bit and obviously that against better teams that will come back to bite you in the ass but yeah that's what we've got to do from now on is just when the chances come to take them and if if we don't take the first chance at least try and create a backup chance yeah Paul by the way their goal I mean I haven't watched it back since so I'll probably watch it again later was he offside no I no. thought he was at no, first, because no. what I was watching, I at was first fuming, I thought but, he was. But apparently, it's been, it's been cleared up, hasn't it? That he actually yeah, was it was his, it, the first header. He was off, but the actual that header actually went to the the lads who headed it again. Because it and looked like to me they were, they were mo- just moving the lines, trying the best. Yeah, to, yeah. Well, no, they that's were just actually, the, that, that's the Evertonian in you to thinking well, that there's a conspiracy. That that it, was like it was VAR, but actually looking at the wrong pass. It was actually the pass. After they were looking, what they should have been uh, looking what, at. Jamie, what, what, open, what open have we got if there's, there's a team of people sitting in a little room that they can't look at the right pass? What what hope is there? No, it, well, it got me, to be honest, because I was I'm like, oh my God, he's offside, he's offside. And then they moved it forward and it was like, no, that's what they should have been looking at and he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, he, yeah, I was he wasn't. Yeah, I at the time because I thought they'd done it the other way around. I, yeah. thought they'd look, I thought they'd given it by looking at the wrong one. And he was off, but it was the other way around. They got the, the, the decision was right in the end, but like it was a farce how they got there. And speaking of farces as well, match of the day managed to put a clip in from the ninety second minute midway oh, through the game yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and then Dan Juma brought that lad down. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, and then it goes half time and it switched ends. I was like, what's going on here? But I it was, know. it was a bit mad actually. That I, I got, didn't I know, didn't know we had rolling subs. <laughs> You know what that probably is, Andy? They're probably that shocked that Everton the first on match of the day, they don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, mate, that, that would definitely be it. It's been a while, boys, that's for sure. What's the show that you're talking about? What's it called? Match of the... What? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been going for a while, Paul, I think. That's yeah. it. Uh, Everton, Slyke, does it? I don't know. We'll get that on the iPlayer. Yeah, it's shows like highlights of no teams that win. You can go back and oh, watch yeah. it at the night. Fucking yeah. hell, yeah. Winning. Remember that, winning? Wow. Yeah. yeah. You, you can go and watch it. Honestly, it's quite good. I will see you. Sounds. Whilst we're talking about uh, matches there, I, I just going on to the punditry, I really enjoyed Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank yesterday. It's the first time I've actually watched the pundit. who, Like, he seemed to know what he was on about. He, he said some nice things about Everton, but the negative stuff that he said was actually based on, like, actual facts. It wasn't just, like, uh, a copite loving, just, like, playing play lip service so yeah. Um, yeah I thought he was excellent yesterday he really added to the, the coverage which is what you should get instead of having Jamie Redknapp sat there in his sketches trying to like pretend he's asked about how Everton are doing yeah oh, so I'll different. put that on the list under Breaking Bad so Breaking Bad and Match of the Match Day, of nice, the day it's called, <laughs> nice one nice one lads no worries uh, and if you play over Sunday as well did you Match of the Day too I think am I, am I right really? there yeah yeah um, Paul that's the springboard, mate. Now, listen, people after the Arsenal game went, how many points are we going to get from these next three? I think a lot of people, including myself, probably wrote the Brentford game off, went six points, Bournemouth, yeah. uh, Luton, or seven, possibly, you know, Magic seven, everything that people were looking at. Yeah. I'm sorry, but we're on for nine. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I want nine. Um, with I'm Luton like, rocking up to Goodison. I'm going for it. We've won one game, I'm going for it. But I do... Personally, because them two, the other two were winnable. The other two were the ones we were looking at going. Yeah. 
get them wins, get something from Brentford, get them wins that it, it, we, you know we it's something that we can build on. You've just played like that against Brentford away. Don't you dare go to Luton and no. do anything else. So for me, that's got to be the springboard. I think I've seen someone say it, and it, it's possibly right as well. Does that's where our season starts now? Hopefully, just don't do an Everton on next Saturday. Everton, please, just don't <laughs> revert to type and become that team that gives them their first win. Yeah, it's got to be the springboard, mate. That has to be, this. This could be the start of it. Now, on paper, you'd expect maximum points in the next two games, wouldn't you? Yeah, I said that in the last pod. I said if you beat Brentford, it's a bonus win, which is a yeah. bit sad to talk like that. But our form has been that bad that it's you would have took a draw yesterday, and I don't think anybody needs to make any apologies for that as well. You probably would have. So we're a win up on what we all thought we were going to get. So Indeed. going into these next two games, I am expecting us to win. Like, I also want to touch on something, mate. I don't know if you were going to bring it up, but yeah. he's he's mentioned Carver Lewin before. Um, I've seen the interview. On uh, that show, funny enough, that you were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he says he he knows that his own supporters are booing him against Aston Villa. Yeah, he's he's actually said that. So, I mean, come on, please. What are you booing your own players for? I mean, I know people thought he was went down injured, but yeah, not nice, is it? You know what I mean? And obviously, he's he's aware of what's going on as well. So. But, I didn't like that. It, it, made, it made me cringe inside a little did, bit. That I was just yeah, like, oh, come right. on. It, it did actually for me. So. Felt sorry for him a little bit, if I'm honest, as well. Yeah, I did. I felt really, really sorry for him. Really he sorry played for on him, for but... 25 minutes with a broken cheekbone because oh. he didn't want to come off. You know what I mean? And then he then he gets told he's got to come off because his eyes swelling shut. And, and then, yeah, he gets booed for it. But uh, Yeah, I don't want us to become that set of fans that... I understand it's all frustration it's, and it's because we're just fed up and we all want to win. And he said that at the end and he said, I know yeah. it's because they care, but it's it, it can come off. It, it just, doesn't, just doesn't sit right with me. For any player, listen, I, there's certain players I don't like forever. Michael Keane, God love him. I, I don't like him as a, as a, as a footballer for Everton. But I, I thought we were going to get through a pod yeah. about talking about Michael Keane. I thought never. we were going to make it. Never. <laughs> yeah, never, quite. ever, ever. <clears throat> But no, it's made up when he scored yesterday as well, by the way. It's just, I don't know if I, I get, I feel a little bit, I mean, I'm buzzing when Everton scored any, but when he scores, it sort of feels like, it feels better, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't no, like no, to see your, 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 number nine, your number nine scoring a goal for Everton. It's an iconic shirt in it for us. So, and for him. Yeah. yeah. Him. So, and I think you've touched on something earlier on, it's, it, it sort of sparks something in my mind. If Bethel can rough, the, rough them up for the 60, 70 minutes and then you put him on, then the opposition players are going to go, oh, fucking hell. Look who's coming on here. Do you get what I mean? So, 100%. Or even the other way around, mate, as well. Yeah, I was made up for him yesterday, Carver Lewin. Good finish as well. I'll just stay with you on that, actually. If he's if he's come out and said that, so it's in the back of his mind. He's thinking about it. It's, it's hurt him. It's yeah. obviously hurt the lads because the first opportunities he's had, he's come out and said it. Is Calvin Lewin, I'm going to say this, but... Does that look like a Calvin Lewin with a point to prove? He, you know, he's been taken out the side. He's he's got a fella in front of him who we all like at the moment. He, you know, he seems like a really good striker. He's just a goal away from sort of a, a all round performance. Is Calvin Lewin now got the bit between his teeth? Yeah, I'd say out of the two strikers, and I am a big fan of Beto, but I think we will have to we all have to be aware that he's going to be a little bit erratic in front of goal. I think yeah, that's just the way he's going to be. He's going to miss some mad some. 
easy chances, but he's going to score some as well. So that's the payoff. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I'd trust Calvert Lewin more on a one on one than I would Beto. But I'd trust yeah. Beto for the all round centre forward play more than Calvert Lewin. So it's a good little mixture to have. But yeah, he's got, he has definitely got a point to prove. This is a lad who was on the verge of a, the World Cup squad. <coughs> I don't think anyone can deny he was Harry Kane's backup as England's number two striker. I mean, you're never going to play over Harry Kane because he's sensational, isn't he? Let's be honest. But he was on the verge of that and he's just been destroyed by injuries. And as we've said in the past, the club have let him down by rushing him back. And it's just, uh, he's, hopefully he's come through it now. And um, just everybody needs to get behind him. I'm a big fan, me. And I, I know I say it a lot and I sound like, a, even like I'm a relative or something, but I do. I just think he's a, he's a talent for me. He is a, a, a special talent. And we, we a lot of our fans don't appreciate it. In my opinion, yeah, hundred percent. Is I don't know that Andy or G. Um, do you want to add anything about Calvin Lewin before I just make these last couple of points on the match and talk about players? I mean, well, I think Paul is a nail on the head there. Yeah, just as we said pre-season, like I think one of the biggest failings of Everton Football Club under all that we've had under Mashiri is the fact that we ended up putting so much pressure on a lad who we bought for 1.25 million from Sheffield United. We never, you know, he's always having to come back into the team from an injury, facing massive games, rushing him back, putting so much pressure on him. Whereas now we've got out and we've got him some competition and some support. So he, his focus now isn't, I desperately need to get back because I need to be playing for Everton Football Club because there's no other options. There's only me. Now his challenges are different. His challenges are, Right, I've got to get back and I've got to be really fucking good, otherwise I'm not getting in against this lad. So it's the right kind of pressure that we're putting on him instead of the pressure that he's been having to carry for the last couple of years. And I think that'll just that'll only get the best out of him. hundred percent. I think with the Aston Villa game as well, mate, um I think there was his I think his his dad and a couple it's of others as well as were sat in the yeah. Everton away end. So they they've heard first hand that. As I say, I could understand that at the time people thought he's probably gone down with another injury and gone, oh, for fuck's sake, here yeah, we go again. But the fans didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. The fans didn't know, so, yeah. but they've obviously, they've obviously heard it and they've obviously, you know, if you've got a son or a brother or something and you're sat there and you can hear people calling them names, it's going to hurt you, isn't it? And then you're going to go back and tell them. So that's probably what it is. Yeah. But I think, well, I think, to be honest as well, you know, thinking about it, he's probably put that behind him now. Now he's got his goal... You know, he's celebrating in front of us. We're singing, you know, we're singing his name. He probably has put that Aston Villa behind him. It's been playing on his mind. He's got out there. He's got his goal. He's celebrated with our fans, and he can go right. And he's yeah, he's got a song as well, mate. He's actually got a song. Yeah, which is totally. He's not really had one, has he? No, and I thought, about it. well, to be honest, now you said that, Obi heard that, and he's gone. Yeah, did you actually? I don't know what. I, they might have been frustrated when they boo me, but I'm back now. And yeah. no, I've got I've got them on side, and I'm ready to go. Um, but Jake, I just sort of want to touch on the game. Last sort of point I want to make on the game itself. I think this was a perfect weekend for Everton in the way of games around us. Now people might go, oh, "It's too early for that." I don't think it is myself to be. To be honest, I don't think it's too early to be looking at people around us. But, you know, Burnley getting beat by Manchester United after us as well. Um, Luton drawn with Wolves, which has turned out to be a big, big result. We didn't need any of them to win. You know, as we speak, Man- Sheffield United again beat 8-0 by Newcastle United. It's an 8-0. 8-0. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's an 8-0. Yeah. 8-0, oh yeah. yeah. There's still 20 minutes left as well. Um, I don't know, there's yeah. And um, Bournemouth getting beat by 
by Bright by Bournemouth, sorry, Bournemouth getting beat by Brighton. It was a perfect result. It's a perfect sort of weekend down there at the bottom of the table, isn't it? But do yeah. you, the question was, really, is it too early for that? No, not at, not at all. It's going to be one of the another one of those seasons unless we can drag ourselves out of it, which I think we are capable of doing because we all know we're all going to on the, to that Europa Europa Conference League at the, the very least, aren't we? So after after yesterday, so we uh, just seen a replay. Sorry, just seen a replay of the goal. Tom Davis headed past back, puts eyes at three clean one on one. Just <laughs> Everton use their three boys. Yeah, we shouldn't have sold him though, should we? No. That's yeah, I think... manner, apparently. <laughs> anyway, that's, I did see someone put that on Twitter before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, I, I think uh, we're gonna need, we'll probably need a few more weekends like this. So, Everton have just got to do their job. If you do your job, you don't need to concentrate on other teams, do you? So, no. that's just what we've got to do is just keep winning, will... winning games of football. Yeah, sorry, mate. What I will say, Jamie, is that I think. Listen, God, people are saying, God, you, you can't, you haven't had changed your tune from the way you were speaking the other week. I do think Sheffield United, Luton, until they play us next week, and Burnley are, are horrendous, by the way. Yeah. And they're easily the three worst teams in this league. Yeah. So, and it, there's the three to go down for me. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, make you see any, you know, we also been, didn't see any of us picking points up against the Brentford away, but the way they've been playing, I can't see them. Getting anything, they haven't got like that sort of people. Are going, Sheffield United took Tottenham. I think Tottenham was just offered that day and then realized and was like, Hang on, we need to go into second gear here. And as soon as they went to second gear, he's got two goals. So I just wanted to get that because I think few people are like, Oh no, we can't look at other results. Got, got to concentrate on yourself, of course you have. But I spoke to my dad last night, and he was like, Just hope Burnley don't win, just hope Sheffield United don't win. And it, and it sort of sparked something with me. Are we already here? Is this where we already are? And I think we are, aren't we? Really? Yeah, because it's the last two years of, you know, of tortoise in it, and it's the, you know you'd have to be conscious of everything else that's going on around you because Everton at times in them two seasons weren't capable of getting themselves out of it. We were relying on other teams to help us out, weren't we? Same mm-hmm. last season, so it, it it is important. I know we're only how many games in six, but as you say, you just concentrate on yourself. You won't have to, boy. It's Everton, isn't it? Everton, it's always nice though, isn't it, mate? Yeah, you win yeah. it, but it's always nice when other teams around you don't win. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a perfect weekend sort of thing, really. But, Andy, I just want to come on to a couple of players. Now, we've all said in this pod many times, why can't anyone pass a ball? Why can we not pass a ball five yards? It takes goes wider them, it goes over them, it goes through them, it hits them and comes back. We looked better on the ball yesterday, a lot better on the ball. Now, I just want to ask you a question about a certain player that I thought was brilliant before he come off, and if he's key for us keeping that ball as well as we did in Anana, playing as that six, he looked like he was comfortable. He looked like he was he sort of linked up everything as well, and everything went through him. He could he was the person that went from side to side. I just I just wanted to get your thoughts on him because against Arsenal it looked a bit a bit weird, but yesterday it just looked comfortable. Yeah, I think it's one thing that we've we've all been saying on the pod for a while as well. He needed a five position in that mid, midfield role. We use it sometimes yeah. as he's been played as a six, an eight, a ten, somewhere in between all that. Uh, and I think for most of the season, he's kind of been like the middle one. The core has been the advanced guy and a deep um, lost at times. Whereas he played, like you say yesterday, he played more alongside Garner. 
um, and was able to get on the ball. And he's so good, like, you know, for a big lad, he's so comfortable on the ball. With a drop over his shoulder, he loses players by two yards, creates space that he can then take that time to get his head up and use the ball well. Um, and yesterday, like, he didn't do anything spectacular, but he did the basics and the simple stuff nigh on perfect. Um, and I think having that calming presence there um, certainly helped. And I'd like to see see that again, where we do have both him and Ghana, Ghana Gay deeper. Uh, and then that, you know, that's what allowed the fullbacks to get a bit further forward. That's what allows your, your wide men to kind of have the free role that they, they did. Um, Ghana, Ghana Gay and Anana were pivotal to allow the others to express themselves yesterday. One hundred percent. Yeah, he was. He, I think the old three of them sort of clicked and was like, actually, we can pass a ball. <laughs> it it was just they just seemed to find each other all the time. It looked good. I'll be honest. It, it looked great. We were playing some really good football yesterday, and I was I was really shocked. But you know, obviously, I'm not going to take it for granted as I'm watching it. Paul, is is there anyone that you want to sort of mention player wise? You know, uh, few... are we talking? Are we talking man of the match, or are we just no, no, just just. Just in general, mate, because I know there's a lot of players out there that played really well. Like, you know, I could go through them. So, like, Dwight McNeil, Decore gets his goal. You know, Brantwick, I yeah. thought, was fantastic. But, you know, we, we could do another whole other podcast on how good each yeah. individual player was. Was the only one that really... Yeah, okay, then, yeah, man of the match. The one that stood out for you where you've gone, wow. I mean, I, I think Jared Brantwick is just sublime. Fantastic. Yeah. We've got to tie him down. We've got to... You got to offer that lad the will to sign a new contract, <laughs> even if it just means you sell him for 80, 90 million, whatever it is. And I don't like talking like that. I want to enjoy players playing for Everton, but you sort of your business head on. You you sort of got to sort that out in the background, haven't you? So you can get yeah. the best fee for him if we end if we have to sell him, but we won't because we'll be in the Champions League by the end of the season anyway. But um, I do like to call it played right up top with um, the striker. Yeah. I think he's better like that. I think he causes all kinds of trouble. He's got. An engine on him, but my man of the match was Tarkovsky. I thought James Garner was brilliant, by the way, but I thought Tarkovsky was fantastic. He was playing balls around and everything. He got an assist, got a goal, a couple of good clearances as well. I thought yesterday, and he said that earlier on, it's, he, it looked like he was unburdened yesterday. He sort of like, he looks like he's been carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders to me. And that yesterday, he seemed like himself. And, uh, it might have been because he's playing against Brentford. They they don't like him, do they? Their fans because he uh, he refused to play for them. He went on strike when he when he was there. Um, yeah. But there is a story behind that. I've heard him talking about. His mum was really really ill, and he's from Oldham, Manchester, or somewhere like that. And he wanted to come back to live in the northwest to, to be with his mum, but the club wouldn't let him leave, and he so he went on strike. So there is sort of, I think their fans need to realise that if family yeah. comes first. Uh, yeah, and they, to be fair, he, he has since apologised as well. And yeah. He said he, he got that situation wrong and he understands why the fans are like that with yeah. him. So fair play, he's yeah. had his hands up. And... Yeah, of course. But yeah, so, Tarkovsky, man of the match for me. Yeah, well, it's a goal and an assist, mate. You know, it's hard yeah. obviously to look on the other way. But uh, Andy, I'll just come to you with your man of the match, mate. Someone, as I said before, someone that sticks out for you. We go... I haven't seen someone play that well for a while. Well, I, I just thought Dwight McNeil was man of the match for me. Um, I think, like I say, I thought last week he, he looked like a player who hadn't played for a couple of months, and quite rightly so, because he hadn't. But I just thought his, his industry, his work rate, his desire to take the ball in difficult situations, help us get out and get players up the pitch. Um, 
he did the ugly stuff really well, but he also, you know, he also did a lot of uh, the other side of the game really good as well. Um, and it's good to see that, you know, you, you're worried sometimes when you have a player like Medea, obviously he didn't start great last year and then he had a really good run of form. You sometimes think, well, is he, which one is he? Which one's coming back this season? Is it the one that we thought, Jesus, what we brought here? Or is he the one who was probably our best player in the second half of the season? And yeah, I just thought he was brilliant yesterday, mate. But, you know, the fact that we've had three of us so far give a different man on the match with Jake to come, mm-hmm. I think just shows how uh, how good the lads played yesterday. I think there was the McNeil thing, mate. I think it's, it's a fitness thing, isn't it? Because I think he struggled for a long time last season just trying to get up to fitness. But once he did, he was flying, wasn't he? He was fitter than everybody else on the pitch. But I've got a question about McNeil. And it, this fella, the fellow who sits next to me in the match is, is saying it all the time. Have you ever seen, and I'm, I'm a big fan, have you ever seen a more one-footed player in your life? <laughs> no. He's got he no right, right foot. foot he, he just hasn't got one. It's just, he's just for standing on. But I'm not having a golden, by the way. But I, no, don't, no, I, can't ever, I can't ever remember seeing a more one-footed player. But listen, that foot makes up for the other one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I'm not knocking him for it, but it's just like yeah. sometimes you'd have the match and you go kick it, kick it, and it just doesn't it just doesn't use it at all. No, because no. there's a lot of times you'll go to cross it, cut back, and instead of crossing it with his right, he goes inside to the core or nana, and yeah. then gets it back and then crosses it. So no, yeah, you are you are spot on, like he's a big player for us though, and he? he is a big player for us, like. Oh massive mate, he's made such a difference since he's come yeah. in. He's uh, he, he, you know, he's a great shout for man of the match, I thought. Personally, just as running. And he, he sort of epitomises epith- the uh, the game and the way everyone want to play. Get in your face, keep running until the whistle blows. Yeah. Gee, I'll just get your man of the match, mate, um, while I put my teeth in. <laughs> I'd see, it's hard for me, it's hard to look past James Garner. I thought, I thought James Garner ran the show yesterday. I thought he's... He was the player we all thought we were getting from, uh, as we said, from Man United. Man United yeah. That played for Forest when they when they came up. I thought he was he was all over the show, and I just I don't think he put a foot wrong yesterday. But it's hard to there's a, there's a few a few you can mention as Paul said Brantwaite. I thought Brantwaite was just unbelievable at the back. He never looked out of it. I think you could even throw Michalenko in there. I mean, I know Michalenko was caught for their goal. But he ran the he had ran their left side ragged. He was always always covered there for James Garner, for or McNeil or whoever he was in front to cut inside, because they knew they had that freedom because Michalenko was always there. But I think if I was if it was my award to give out, I would give it to James James Garner. Yeah, hundred percent. You, yeah. Jamie, who was your man of the match, mate? <laughs> it's hard that you know you've all made great points for them, all three of them. Um. Didn't you already give it to James Garner earlier in the pod? Yeah, yeah, James Garner was. Yeah, it, yeah, it, but I just the way you have just done that, I was like, should it be McDeal? Should it be Mackowski? <laughs> should it, you know? Um. So yeah, I'll it's go just, James Garner just purely it, for the fact he changed the game for us. It was a good team performance, wasn't it? I mean, the, the fact that you know we're saying different people shows that you know there's arguments for and against every single one of them. It was a complete team performance. Paul, you know what I've just been thinking there, mate, and I've got my notes in front of me, the players who I thought played really well, and this isn't a slight on him, but I'm just thinking how dominated, how control that game was yesterday. We've played away from home, and I haven't got Jordan Pickford as my notes. No, we didn't yeah. have to do nothing, mate. We didn't yeah. need to speak to about him. How many times we come away from away games and gone, Pickford saves again, Pickford's this, Pickford's that. It's hard to blame one. him for the goal. 
Alan Smith again. It's just Ramsdale thing. Yeah. Trying to blame him for the goal. He's trying to save it. He doesn't look like behind him. That Aaron Ramsdale's yeah. that good that he's not even Arsenal's number one. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. But now, and after, but it's not they... like he's Aaron Ramsdale. They're, making, they're trying to make us hate Aaron Ramsdale. He's probably <laughs> no, a nice lad. That's not the case, but just, just narrative to get this lad in goal is just unbelievable. It's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But it, i just move on from the players and someone that we spoke about at length last week. And listen, I tweeted as well. He took a lot of stick. You know, if you go and listen to our last pod, it's like night and day. Um, Jake, I'll just stay with you, mate. Listen, we criticise when he gets it wrong, but last night he got it right, didn't he? Yeah, I think I I don't think that he put a foot wrong yesterday. I think he from from the minute he he set out his stall and told the players, "This is what I want. This is what you're gonna do. This is how we win the game." Yeah. And those players, they've looked lost a lot. For the, a lot of all, a lot of this season, as we've we've said before, it doesn't look like they played footy together after time. But yesterday, they looked they looked like a proper team. They looked like a proper Everton team. Yeah, and that's what we that's what we expect. Like a Sean Dyche teammate that we've been waiting yeah. for, really, haven't we? Um, Andy, without giving any spoilers away for Paul, who's about to watch that new program, if <laughs> if you watch. Um, if they, they actually highlight a couple of times Sean Dice and magnify him, and you can actually see him telling right McNeil and Decore to get right up to Beto when because he knows the balls go along. And I just think he did get it right this night. I said it last week, I love my hands up, Paul. Uh, you know, we've both done it and we've all done it. But he got it right, he got it right last night, and I'll, I'll praise him, I'll shake his hand. Yeah, you did, you know, carry on now. But he's got to do this now. This is him, isn't it? This is what we expect from you now. Yeah, it's just like like we said, losing one nil at home to Arsenal on on the fate of it isn't you know that happens. Arsenal, are, you know, they came second in the league last year. They're one of the favourites for the league this year, but it's about how you lose. Like we just expect, like you know, it's not like the players didn't work hard last week, but they were all working hard in negative areas. There was no positivity, like like in 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 our build up. So what we expect is that. Yeah, we don't need to see like 48 passes before the ball hits the back of the net. And we're quite happy to see rather direct football, but it needs to be controlled aggression. Like the balls Brantwaite played through to better a few times where he won flip ons. They weren't launched up to him, they were like chipped proper passes. Yes, they were long because they were 40 yards, but they were into right areas where better compete. And not only that, as you were saying, he was making sure the Corey was up there, McNeil was up there, he had something to support. Whereas, obviously, the week before, we were launching it up with no direction and no one there to, to win a second ball, even if Beto does win it. So, he's, um, like I say, he's shut me up from last week and I'm, I couldn't be happier that he has. And I hope he continues to, to to grow. You know, he keeps on saying that it's a process, the, getting their ideas into the players. It's about building. He's saying that it takes time. Well, yeah, I hope he's right and I hope it comes good. Yeah, 100%. Paul? And he done well, didn't he? He did, mate. Yeah, listen, last week, I wanted him gone. I didn't want him to manage another Everton game. I, I, I'm not going to backtrack now and say, oh, well, you've changed no, your no, tune. No. It's, that's just the way I felt at the time. And I, I, I feel I was justified in what I was thinking. But I've said it all the time, Everton winning games of football makes everybody happy. So just keep yeah. winning. And it was yesterday, listen, I'm quick enough to have a go at people when they, when they don't live up to my standards as an Evertonian. But yesterday was... 
perfect, perfect management, and then keep it up. That's all I asked for. Just mm-hmm. ram my words right down my throat. I'm more than happy to eat massive slices of humble pie. Just keep them coming. Honestly, I really am. So listen, yeah, we've had one of I just want to touch on something that I heard. Listen, I just want to touch on this last little thing because I thought they were fantastic and they are, and we know they are. And yet we've just had a little golden for Boone, Calvert Newman, the Aston Villa, and they've got the reasons. Fine, it's finished now. That's gone. But I just think them away fans are something special, aren't they? I never seen a, a Brentford tweet yesterday, and a, sorry for swearing about here, but the t- tweet actually said Everton are at the bollocks. Uh, best away fans, and I just think they are. All you could hear was spirit of the blues, and woo. It sounded like Rick Flair was in the crowd at one point. Yeah, you know, uh, Paul. It, They've got to use that, haven't they, the players? And we've got to use that at Goodison now. I, I mean, I heard on comments, Dean, it's something I want to touch on as well. Why Why is it so different from Goodison to to an away game? How can we play at Arsenal in that game and then go and do that? Is it is it, is it Goodison? Is it something wrong with Goodison? Or is it ju- was it just a bit it was of... the tactics last week. Tactics, yeah. Tactics. Uh, I thought it might have been me. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. Just because it's got people, we've gone from that to that. I think people want to go, oh, it's because you're playing away. And it's not, you know, it, it genuinely wasn't that. Um, but I just wanted to touch on the fans. Listen, if you were there yesterday, you should be proud of yourself because, you know, you, you you were brilliant. You were absolutely brilliant. And every one of us should be proud of ourselves because we've took some stick in the last five weeks. Um, <laughs> You know, honestly, I've. So just before I go as well, I just wanted to mention to people who were, who were out there and who were listening, if you want to actually read an in-depth version of the game and read something that, you know, it's really a real insight to the football match and something that it's a really good read, to be honest. I think we've all read it in here, is the Everton Views blog. He talks about the game. He talks about his opinion on the match as well. And if you ever want to go and have a little read of that while you're in bed or wherever you are on the bus on the way to work, give that a good read because, honestly, you know, he does a good job. Yep. But I just wanted to give you the floor if anyone's got to say anything before I wrap it up. Listen, enjoy it while it's here because we might not be many of these. Um, uh, no, mate, I think we've summed it up perfectly. It's good to hear yeah, sort of positively and have different opinions that all come around back to the point of being positive rather than uh, negative for a change. So, touch wood, we get to have plenty more of these between uh, now and May. Hundred percent, mate. I think that's. A, I think we've got to enjoy them. Haven't we? Go to work tomorrow with your, your chest puffed out a little bit more. Uh, Jake, is anyone you, you, you want to add, mate? Just, uh... just how much, how much better is life when Everton win? Oh, yeah, the days just seem a little bit brighter. The nights seem a little bit less dark. So hopefully, there's more yeah. of this to come and less of the 100%. other bullshit. I think most of us sort of run to our laptops <laughs> this afternoon. Not sort of. <laughs> Do I really have to go and do this? Which is good, listen, it's good, but they've got to keep it up. It's one winning in five games. That's not get carried away. But for now, just enjoy it. Um so lads, thanks very much for joining me and no problem. The toffees. Up the toffees. Up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.